Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I'm joined by producer Corey, and we have a special guest waiting in the wings here. So uh, as always, I'm going to start you off with my NBA best bets, and we're just going to get those bets in, and then we're going to get our best. Then we're going to get our guest in here. Just to recap on the season, we are 14 and seven on these NBA best bets. You are plus 6.8 units. My best bets for this week or this Wednesday are the Celtics minus six and a half against the Hornets, the Nuggets minus four against the Kings, and then I'm going to be looking at Demontis Sabonis triple double. And Trendon Watford assists stud on the Portland Trailblazers. We will get to him later. You can't even look up his potential assists on NBA.com. So, uh, but now we're going to bring in our guest. We are trying to start doing a little bit of a series here. And we'd like to welcome on Dominic DeLeo, former member of the Oddscast podcast, as you guys may be familiar with. It's well, great to have you back here, Dom. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? It's uh, good to see you. Good to hear your voices. Um, Trenton Watford, I, that's a throwback name. I mean, that was LSU team that yep. I, was, I was on. I think they got bounced in uh, right before the Sweet 16, but March Madness coming up, uh, NFL draft coming up, and I'm, I'm pumped to get get down and uh, jump into some some analysis here with you guys. But good to have you. Uh, good. Thanks for having me, and good to good to see you. No, Going I know. back to my host, my, my host language. I know, right? It's good to it's good to have you on here. We um, what we want to do is actually, uh, and I've talked to Dom about this. We're going to do a little bit of a mini series about the NFL draft because basically having one standalone episode like the couple days before the draft isn't really doing any of you any good um, because the lines have already probably moved. There's not as much value there. And there's a couple different strategies you can take uh, in order to bet the NFL draft. So that's kind of what I wanted to touch on. And I don't, you know, the big news today was Russell Wilson getting traded to the Denver Broncos uh, for a lot, a lot of draft picks. Uh, what, what do you have any thoughts about that, Dom? And, you know, how do you think that that might affect the NFL draft? I mean, I like to trade for both teams. Obviously the Broncos have had a great roster without a quarterback and the Seahawks kind of, have a great quarterback and a bad roster. So I think that the Seahawks, you know, they, they made the decision to kind of blow it up when they can. I think the quarterback market uh, has never been hotter with so many teams kind of understanding that you need a quarterback. And then obviously with, with the Rams and Stafford winning the Super Bowl last year, it's kind of like a, you know, monkey see monkey do league uh, copycat league. Is, is always what it's called and, and teams seeing that a quarterback uh, was able to lead a team to the Super Bowl after, you know, a one and one trade kind of first year had at the gate with Stafford. I think you'll see teams um, start to try and do that and give up draft capital. So if you're a team like the Seahawks, you know, perfect for them. They get a lot of draft capital. Like you said, a lot of picks and uh, for, for the Broncos, they get their quarterback and they're kind of ready to compete. But that, that AFC West is just so, so oh, tough. Yeah. And, and, and as far as, as far as the draft concern, um, you know, this is kind of what you're getting into of, of why you need to be paying attention now. You know, not many people are paying attention to the draft. You know, the draft is April 28th, so we're more than a month away. We're ahead. But, we're ahead. <laughs> but, the, but the lines change all the time. You know, the, the combine was last weekend. Lines changed after that. Books are now just starting to post over-under lines for players. Usually it was just the first overall pick you can bet exactly. on. Exactly. Um, and 
you know, you got to kind of roll with the punches here because, you know, this was the next domino to drop. It was combine. Then it was franchise tags, which we'll get into in a little bit and the quarterback moves. And that was going to kind of set the tone for the teams in the top half of the first round, because there are teams that still need quarterbacks. There's a lot of veterans out there. You know, the, the market's so hot for quarterbacks that Mitchell Trubisky Kill is us. like being touted as like an actual, <laughs> actual starter today. He was linked with the giants, you know, because of uh Dayball was his, was his head coach up um, with, with Buffalo. But um you know, there's a lot of teams that still need quarterbacks. Like the Washington uh, Commanders, going to get used to saying that one. Uh, they pick 11th. They're in need of a quarterback, but their roster is kind of closer to, to competing. Um, you know, the the Broncos need a quarterback. The Broncos got a quarterback. The Panthers at six need a quarterback. And and the Seahawks, you know, who knows? Because they're into nine now, um, ninth overall pick. And they don't have to take a quarterback there if they don't love no. the quarterbacks. Cause that's kind of a theme we'll get into. And this is kind of, we'll take this first, you know, I, I we talked earlier, Joe, that you kind of wanted to just kind of do a yeah. broad overview of the draft and kind of the, the storylines heading into the draft as far as the this quarterbacks class isn't supposed to be like that great, right? Like it, it's no, no, it's not, not at all. I mean, there's quarterbacks, you know, the, the number one Malik Willis, who's now probably one a on a lot of teams boards was not a one a um, until after the season. And he played at Liberty. So, you know, it, it's tough. not, yeah. it's, it, but, but, you know, you've seen guys, um, you know, Mahomes at Texas Tech really didn't do anything in college. Um, that one you know, showdown Josh Allen. Yeah, with uh, Ma- Baker Mayfield, I think, right? That was the one yeah. game that was like, cool. And, and Josh Allen, you know, from Wyoming with his success, you know, teams are looking at quarterbacks now that aren't from these premier programs and premier schools. Um, so Malik Willis is, is kind of the 1A. Kenny Pickett um, from Pitt. He is his was, name. Like he just, he just can't be an NFL quarterback. He can't be an NFL quarterback. Like there's no way the name, the name excludes him. So Kenny Pickett was thought to be kind of the, the one a heading into the draft process. He's gotten um, bad measurements on his hand size. So now people are kind of saying, Oh, he has two small hands to be at the quarter uh, quarterback in the NFL. Um, so, you know, that suffice to say, there's not a lot of quarterbacks that you would consider at the top half of this draft in a normal year. Like I think a couple analysts have said that if Davis Mills was in this draft, he would have been like by far and away the quarterback of the class. And last year he was a second round draft pick. I don't even and- penny sleeve his rookie cards. <laughs> <laughs> so you know that that's kind of the quarterback lay of the land but but backing things up a little bit the reason why i love the nfl draft is because it's hugely public and you it, it's like the perfect way to if you're like me who's like kind of materialized and constructed like a good media ecosystem of like information you can use that to level against the public and kind of hedge against the public um, and leverage that against the public. Cause like there's so many writers like beat writers for teams. Like at the, the athletic is like a perfect example of guys that just hang around following that team for the entire season. And they know kind of how coaches think, like they talk to people what in the organization yeah. because, you know, unless you're like the 49ers with Lynch and Shanahan, um, 
because last year, if you remember the whole Mac Jones, Trey Lance thing, like people didn't know. Didn't even know. Until Nobody like had any idea. Of. But they did, that, know that, they did know that the Niners were going to draft a running back after the fifth round. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but if, you, if you're not that team, like that, that, was, that was an anomaly. Like teams have their draft rooms and they try and keep their, their you know, the amount of heads in the room low but there's still going to be leaks here and there so there are teams that telegraph their picks like the Steelers is are, are a perfect example of this they love Malik Willis and they're not shy about like leaking that to the press last year everyone and their mother had Najee Harris in the steel going to the Steelers around one of the mock draft because they love Najee Harris yeah. so you know and the Steelers are a team that's need a quarterback Roethlisberger retired and, and they're looking potentially to trade up they did it a few years ago trading up for Devin Bush. Uh, so they're a team to watch out for. But I, I just want to say that if you're looking at betting the NFL draft, you think it's scary. You just have to be able to follow the right people and you have to be pretty online. Yeah, it's all so on like you have to be able. Yeah. And you have to be able to move quick because and, and you have to be able to project kind of the draft classes yeah. and there's a lot the, the most I, I've, you know, knock on wood, I've made money, a lot of money on each NFL draft ever since betting became legal. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. That's why I was like, we got to get you on here to talk about and this earlier. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to bet on. And there are so many times where certain players kind of get talked up and you know that they're not going to be drafted in the first round, whether it's positional value, you know, they're they're you know, there's a safety this year in Kyle Hamilton, who if he wasn't a safety the gap between him and any other position, he'd be a top five pick, but he's probably going to go, you know, probably eighth or lower um, because he plays safety. Tyler Linderbaum center might go in the twenties, even though he is up and away, maybe like the surest thing to an all pro center or all pro interior offensive line that we had since Quentin Nelson and the Colts Nelson and Quentin Nelson slid in the draft because he plays offensive guard. So you have to kind of understand how GMs think, and in positional values. And I think it's a perfect opportunity now, especially with how public this draft, normally how public NFL draft betters are. And in terms of like how many states are legalizing the NFL, dra- uh, the NFL legalizing the NFL draft, yeah. legalizing betting. And this is going to be a lot. This is going to be the first NFL draft people can bet on as a legal better in a lot of states. So yeah. So I think I guess, this is a, a really good opportunity and this draft class is just pretty crazy. So um, yeah. I think it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool thing and, and a, a good thing to bet on. Yeah. So my question to you, I was going to ask you, cause there's not like, I know in the action app, like we can log some of the stuff, like as it gets closer to the draft, but are you using, are you using like spreadsheets? Like what are you using to keep track of like what you're betting? Because like, when you're betting over the span of like months, the bets can kind of get away from you. Um, like, so, it, and it's hard to track like where you are. And then, you know, something that you can bet on now, maybe the guy moves like 13 spots or 15 spots and you can find like a big middle opportunity. Um, so what do you use to kind of track everything? Excel spreadsheet, baby. Um, yeah. that's, that's really what it's gotta be. Um, I've already started mine. Um, you kind of keep track of how much you're wagering, how much you're winning. And it's kind of, you can formulate it. So, you know, kind of where you're at with certain positions, if you're heavy on certain guys um, and kind of just balance and, and, and kind of diversify your portfolio to a point that you're kind of up no matter what. So I think yeah. that, you know, always keep track of the bets. That's a great point, Joe, as far as just bet management, bankroll management, um, but I, I say just spreadsheet it, Excel spreadsheet, just, you know, bet odds, book, 
um, amount wagered kind of thing. So you could just yeah. kind of keep track of everything that's out there. No, I think that's Put the grid and grid iron. Hey, that's perfect, Corey. Um, so I guess the first thing I'm going to ask is, I know that you had told me to bet Evan Neal uh, to go number one uh, a while ago. And I think you were saying, to, you know, we were having a conversation today. Uh, do you still feel that same way? Uh, I, it's odd because the Jags have the number one pick and they obviously don't need a quarterback. So, and you would think that they want to protect the quarterback they have, but like, what, what do you think the market is for this? Is that a pick that they try, they're going to try to move? Like what, what are you seeing in the Twitter verse or so? So this is a perfect example of like how public the draft is because Evan Neal. So going into like the second half of the season, Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan had like, you know, a breakout year. And there's people that say, oh, there's he only had that breakout year because he was able to stop getting double teamed because uh, David Ojabo was on the other side. He's potentially a top 15 pick, too. So Michigan had two edge rushers, but Aiden Hutchinson was like far and away. He's the number one guy, potentially Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. Um, but those two edge rushers um and, that, and that's something that you have to if you're going to be jumping into the NFL draft it's edge rushers not defensive end um, yeah you gotta you'll get see the terminology that down if you're wondering what an edge rusher is it's a defensive end or a stand-up linebacker rushing the quarterback at three four defense but so Aiden Hutchinson was like the number one you know surefire number one pick then um the Jaguars hire um Doug Peterson and the thought there is like Peterson had success in Philadelphia because his offensive lines were so strong. Um, Trent Balky, the GM for the Jaguars has like taken defense and he was the GM back when they took um, like, you know, Solomon Thomas um, and, and, you know, before the Bosa years, but it was the like four out of the six years, he like drafted defensive line in the first round. Um, so they were thinking, okay, defensive line, defensive line. And then it comes in that, and this is where, where, you know, public perception, because everyone was kind of anointing Hutchinson as like, oh, he's the surefire pick, you know, edge rusher, a huge thing. Even yeah. before the Jaguars were like thought to have the number one pick. Then you kind of go into, okay, who actually has the number one pick? And you have a team that just drafted Trevor Lawrence last year. Yeah. Uh, a team that has already like a good amount of, of, of good front seven players like Josh Allen, you saw, yeah. you know, when they beat the bills last year, they beat them because they had a good front seven and they're um, going to get ATM back. So they don't need to waste like first round pick on a running back. Cause we know, know how that just, goes running backs. It's just, you know, <laughs> I know this is, this is, you know, leftover from the odds cast, but running backs literally do not matter. They you don't. Might, you take them maybe in the second round. If there's a guy that you think is going to be like a big, you know, deal, but like, I, I don't even want to talk about running backs. Definitely I mean, maybe, not in the top. As, maybe as the series goes on, I'll get you a running back bet in there. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're talking about the number one overall pick here. And we're far <laughs> and away. Like, teams are getting smarter. I saw, uh, like, a trade value calculator for, like, the number three pick. And I think it was in 2012, the Browns traded from number four to number three, gave up two second-round picks and a third pick to move up one spot to take Trent Richardson. <laughs> That went well. That so, went so well. <laughs> we're now 10 years down the, the line. Teams really don't, you know, understand now that you don't draft the running back in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> so you look at the team here and the Jaguars have a decent front seven. They've spent, you know, 
picks on front seven. Uh, Chiasson was uh, the pick, I think, round one in 2020. Uh, they have Josh Allen. Um, you know, Miles Jack is still there. Like, they have guys that can kind of have talent. The yeah, they, they have, have talent. talent. Yeah. But the big thing is, is like, you need to protect your investment. So Trevor Lawrence needs to have an offensive line around him. You know, it's really kind of gotten to the point we'll talk about positional value if you're in the top five picks it, it takes an above and away prospect um at a position to be able to take them that's not a quarterback an edge rusher or an offensive tackle like those those three positions are like the only positions you should see going in the top five unless you have like a sean taylor type safety um or like you know a quentin nelson type type yeah. of offensive guard then you really can think about it but really in the top five positions you're looking for quarterback edge rusher and offensive tackle because those are the most valuable positions not only like in terms of what the product you put on the field and like war and all that but it's also like the most valuable in dollar amounts so if you're able to get some of these linemen you know you hear all the time about teams talking about like getting a quarterback on a rookie deal. It's the same thing as an offensive tackle. Like you want to be able to have like good rookie offensive yeah. linemen because you don't have to pay them and you can build a team kind of around that. Which is kind so, of key, yeah. <laughs> so fast forward, teams are starting to be like, and, and you start to hear like rumblings. Like there are writers that are hanging out at the combine, even this before the combine, but they're like, you know, Doug Peterson and company are looking at offensive line and it makes sense. So what happened was Evan Neal, who I think was like 16 to one before I told you to bet. He was, I think I, yeah, I got him at like 16 or 20 to one or something like that, which was crazy. So he goes down to plus 750. That's where I hit it. And then he, up until today, he was minus 115 because he was like thought of as like the number one overall pick. And up until like now, if you look at the, the odds, like you take out your sports book app, you go on, you look at the number one odds. You're like, Dominic, why is Evan Neal now plus 450? And I think Joe, this is like a perfect time. If you like miss that Evan Neal train or the Ikem Equanu train, because yeah. I ended up having to put some money down. Cause I really do think the Jaguars go offensive tackle here. Yeah. And Dane, Dane Brugler from the athletic, his mock draft that went up today and we're talking now Tuesday, like his mock draft went up Tuesday morning. He says based on, and he's hanging out the combine. There's, multiple articles out there with sources from NFL GMs, they're hearing that the Jaguars want to go offensive tackle. And it's not a smoke screen because the Detroit lions have like one of the best offensive lines in the league. Yeah. I know they suck everywhere else, but they have but one of the best offensive yeah. lines in the league. And so they, they want an edge rusher. So if you were the Jaguars, you would be, if you really wanted like a team to trade up, you would say, Oh, I really want Aiden Hutchinson because the Lions kind of are falling in love with Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah, because like, like I see Dan them mock. Like, yeah, because I've been seeing them mock to like that safety, even like Kyle Hamilton a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I think that that Aiden Hutchinson is like if if Dan Campbell like created a player in a lab, like that <laughs> that's who he would want. Because <laughs> like, like, so, so I was gonna say I'm looking at DraftKings now because I can I see actually you can get uh, a Quanu. Uh, and Evan Neal, both of them have a draft prop. 
Um, it's weird. It's actually annoying. So like when you look at DraftKings, like be careful with how you bet because Iquanu on the left side is under three and a half and on the right side is over three and a half. And then Neil is directly underneath him. Over is on the left side and under is on the right side. So, but basically for both of them, for Iquanu, you can get under three and a half at minus 130. And for Neil, you can get under three and a half at plus 100. So that actually gives you like the Texans then or like with, with that third so, pick too. So the problem with the tech, so really it's it's the Jaguars and the so Dane Brugler at the Athletic, he says I'm hearing that it's between Neil and Aquano. Yeah. Um and that's kind of what around the league people are thinking they'll go with Neil because he's more like your prototypical left tackle, like Aquanu and his like pass protector, like extremely athletic, like kind of reminds you of like Jordan Mailata from the Eagles, like in terms of just like this guy should not be this big and this fast. Um, and he's super young too. He's like 21 years old. So like, he's like the guy that you would want to build your, like your, your prototypical franchise left tackle. Aquanu is like more of a right tackle and he has more of like a flexibility and, and Neil played right tackle in college too uh, before he moved over to the left side uh, last year for Alabama. But Aquanu like is more of like a guard sized offensive lineman. And so there's like concerns Got about it. his size, but he's more of like a run blocker that Evan Neal, Evan Neal's more like your prototypical potential left tackle has like all the tools can pass block and run block. Aquanu is like super athletic, but he's a little undersized for like your typical left tackle position, but he's like run blocking kind of that. And that's why teams I think, and, and GMs are thinking that Neil is more the pick because like you have Trevor Lawrence who like, you're going to like build your whole franchise around him yeah. passing the football. So you want like that prototypical left tackle. So this was Tuesday morning. This 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 article comes out. It's Dan Brugler at the Athletic. He says it's between Aquanu and Neil. He actually put Aquanu there, but that's not really what we're here for. We're here for the news that happened, and it was kind of lost amidst the Rogers extension, the Wilson extension, and just to demonstrate how public this is, um, the Jaguars franchise tagged Cam Robinson, who was their starting left tackle last year, and franchise tag. Yeah, I saw um, something about that. Yeah. So franchise tag, you know, you basically pay a guy for a year, a top five average salary for one year. And like, I think the, probably get expensive. <laughs> the the Bucks did it with uh, Chris Godwin, you know, Kirk Cousins, the Vikings did it a while before they gave yeah. it. I think they've been doing it. Um, yeah, it's weird. And, it's and not worth basically, it. it's basically a one year deal because you're afraid to commit long term to the guy, but you yeah. still want that asset. So yeah. That happens, and everyone's like, "Oh, the lot, the the Jaguars tip their hand. They're not drafting an offensive tackle." But like Cam Robinson, so a franchise tag is literally the opposite of a long term commitment to a yeah. prospect. Like, so, so if they if they would have tipped their hand, if they're like, "Okay, Cam Robinson, five year extension," but it's like, no, Cam Robinson one year under under control, and it's not like Cam Robinson is an elite left tackle. He no, was great at saying. He's You're way overpaying, way overpaying, but they wanted to keep the asset because they know how strong the left tackle, the tackle market is. Yeah, you have a ton I, of teams wanting tackles. You have the Panthers who like desperately need offensive line help. You have the Bengals who couldn't block for shit for Joe Burrow, like yeah. potentially trading for Laramie Tunsil, um, giving up their first round pick to do that. So like the tackle market is like just as hot 
obviously not as hot as the quarterback market, but it shows like how valuable the position is. But so Cam Robinson gets franchise tags and the odds just flip. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is now minus like 140 at some places um, to go number one and Evan Neal and Aquano go back to plus 450. And I'm just like, call, I call time out. He's almost minus 200 on DraftKings right now. And that is like the biggest crowd think of all time. Like we are still, I wouldn't take to, to be honest with you. I wouldn't take anyone a month before the draft at minus odds to be the number one. Pick. That's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Especially in a draft that doesn't have like a Trevor Lawrence the quarterback, Andrew yeah. Luck, like the guy, um, like the Joe Burrow, like you knew Joe Burrow was going to be the pick three months before the draft. That's a different yeah, scenario. That's different. And then, then they have number two odds. Uh, like that's literally how it goes. So I like, I agree with you. And I like right now, you know, you can get Neil and Aquanu both at like plus three eighty and plus four fifty to go number if, one. If so it's you, like if you missed it, this yes, is a chance you, to buy. This yeah. is your chance. So so just real quick, I'll, I'll take thirty seconds. The the push for the 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 Jaguars drafting a tackle still is Cam Robinson's not good. He's ranked forty eighth out of all tackles last year, but PFF. They're only signing him to a one year deal, and they're only doing it to retain assets. So it's like just like the NBA, where like you're not going to let a free agent tackle walk if you have teams that you know because free agency is about to start yeah. like two Fine weeks. If they can't find a tackle, they'll trade him and they'll sign him, and another team will give you a second round pick for him, maybe. But like, why would you let that guy walk if you're trying to rebuild your roster? And he's still he's he's not young. Like he's going to be 27 next year. Like he's not like your he's franchise old. tackle. He's getting old, <laughs> but he's not like Evan Neal who's 21. Yeah, so. And then Walker Little, the guy that they drafted number two last year, they're like, oh, they have two tackles here, Robinson and Little. But Walker Little fell to the second round last year because some teams didn't think he was a tackle. They thought he was a yeah. guard. So, like, there's a, still a perfect opportunity, and I still think it's going to happen, that the Jaguars are going to draft either Evan Neal or Ike McQuano. I think it's going to be Evan Neal just because of the potential there. Yeah. But I really th- – this is like if you miss the Evan Neal train – and the Ike McQuanu train, jump back on it because this is just dumb public money. And look, at the end of the day, you may hear two two weeks from now that like the Jaguars have already made a deal with Aiden Hutchinson to be the number one pick. But you know, I still think there's valid concerns for this. I think still think the picks up in the air. So if you can find a pick up in the air, you have a lot of uh, evidence for the other side, and you can still get that side of close to five to one at this stage. You take it. Yeah, I, like I, I think it's a great angle, and. Uh... It's, you know, it's a way to get in on this now as opposed to later. And that's the whole, that's the whole thing with the NFL draft is like, you're building a portfolio just because it's, it's a, you're looking at this long-term. There's so many more things that can happen. So it's like, don't use your whole bankroll on this bet right now for somebody to go number one, but, you know, start building a position where you can say like, all right, well, like I like Neil now, um, but maybe there's some news that comes out later and then Hutchinson comes, maybe the odds flip again, and then you can get both guys at plus money. So it's a great, it don't feel like you lost out on this and just like, Oh, like I got to bet Hutchinson now. Like it sounds like that's the way it's going to go because there's just still so much time left. So what this is really bringing me to is who are the New York football giants going to take? <laughs> so <laughs> because... <laughs> like, I'm going to plug like my favorite thing, um, like in the NFL draft world and it's on pff.com and it's the mock draft simulator. And you can go through and like plug people in um, and just like, look at their needs, look at the draft and the scouting stuff. And then like kind of build out the draft. I've been doing this like a lot for the last week, especially with the combine. I have a hobby. 
so the Giants, like, they really need offensive line help, have a new GM, new head coach. All indications are, um, unless something drastically changes, that they're going to go ahead with Daniel Jones as the quarterback for at least another year. And yeah. that's kind of what happened with the Bills, too, when, when Dable uh, t- was when showing kind of saw when they came in. They went with a year for Tyrod Taylor and then drafted Josh Allen the next year because they thought that the quarterback class that year was a little bit weaker before the the Josh Allen year. So you got to remember, like, these guys come in, they only have, you know, three months to really scout. You know, have a full year. Nobody's expecting the Giants to be that good next year. So it's like – Like Brian Dable was scheming up uh, offenses trying to beat the Chiefs for the whole last season. He wasn't tr- he wasn't looking for a franchise quarterback for a year. So now yeah. he has like a year to look for his franchise quarterback in a draft class that's supposed to be stronger next year. Um, so exactly. it looks like they're not going to draft a quarterback. But they need they desperately need offensive line help. And they, it looks like they're going to cut a lot of cap. So I think like James Bradbury is going to get released um, if not restructured. And they're going to restructure a ton. But I don't, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Bradbury gets cut. So yeah, and I'm seeing I a lot think, of stuff about Barkley maybe getting traded. Um, yeah, I don't so think the market I don't know what his market there. even is, honestly. Like, I don't know what the market is. Because, like, who wants a running back that keeps that gets hurt, like, literally every year that's name isn't Christian McCaffrey? Like, so, if, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, number five, they have picks five and seven. So yeah. pick five, they're probably going to go with the offensive lineman that falls. And it very well could be that, you know, the, tight, the, the Texans at three trade away Tunsil, so they need an offensive lineman. And the Jets, you know, thinking are thinking about offensive linemen too. And I think with the Panthers behind them, if they don't, if, the, if they think the Panthers want an offensive lineman, which all indications that they do, I think they take the offensive lineman fifth. Um, and, you know, there's there's really top-tier offensive linemen in Evan Neal, um, Ike McQuanu we talked about. But then there's also yeah. – um, an argument as to who the third lineman is. And it's either Charles Cross from Mississippi State, who's like, you know, again, your prototypical left tackle. And then um, Trevor Penning, who played for Northern Iowa. But he's like rushing like, up. Sounds the, raw. <laughs> yeah, but he's like really impressing people at the combine, like mean streak. And it's important to note for the Giants, like I think they would really be set with the Kwanu or Neil because they've played right tackle before in their career because yeah. Andrew Thomas was really good last year for the Giants so I don't think they want to mess with Andrew Thomas I think they want to get a right tackle to shore up that line and then like five and seven it's too early to take a guard so I think you'll see either you know Neil Aquanu or Penning at five yeah um, I don't think they're going to go with Charles Cross because he's more of a left tackle than a right tackle um and then at seven, I think they're going to take a defensive, you know, an edge rusher, a top tier edge rusher, whether that's, you know, Kevin Thibodeau, who's like kind of falling in drafts um, now because like some questions about his motor, which I think is just, you know, I don't understand some of those things they say <laughs> um, and, or Trayvon Walker from Georgia, who's like lighting up the con- who just lit up the combine. Um, I think you'll maybe see one of those two yeah. guys. If they fall, they'll go run to the draft, uh, run to the draft table and take them. Or I think if none of those positions are there, uh, if the edge rusher is not there at, at seven, I think they're going to take a cornerback in um, uh, Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Gardner from Cincinnati, who 
has famously never allowed a touchdown in his college career at Cincinnati. That's like a perfect name for a cornerback in like New York, New Jersey. Like, is it sauce or gravy? And it's like, (laughs) you got sauced dude. (laughs) So he's like a, he's like a a good, like man, press coverage, man corner, which is kind of what the giants new defensive coordinator likes to do. He likes to blitz a lot. So you need quarterbacks that can lock down one-on-one. So I think it's going to be, if if it's not an edge, if they don't like, you know, the top tier edge rushers, I think they'd go Ahmad Garner at seven. If he's there, the jets might go there with him at four because he's just rising that, that far up draft board. So I think, yeah, yeah, I mean, we'll get more into it. Like once we come down, it's still very early in this process. Like there's only a few over-unders that you can bet only the first overall that you can bet. You know, I would take, if, if I had to bet on something right now, um, the over-unders, I looked at them. There's really not a lot of like, you know, it's, it's, it's such heavy juice right now on, on positions that are, you know, cause the market at that level, it's, it's not as public as like the big odds, like the plus odds of, of the first overall pick. Like they're they're Those markets are still pretty, pretty strong um, right now. And they, I think they just got posted like today. So I would wait, um, but I would take Evan Neal, Ike McQuanu. And then I would also sprinkle a little bit on Malik Willis still, just because, in case, just in case, because now you have a team like inside the top 10 who really needs a quarterback. Um, you know, the Broncos, I think, were content with like going ahead another year without a quarterback. But now you have, you know, teams, start, teams yeah. starting to creep up and like teams always fall in love with the quarterback. Like the Bears traded up for Mitchell Trubisky. Like yeah. it, it's going to teams are going to fall in love. I do think one of those teams, um, whether it's the Panthers um the Seahawks the, the the commanders or even like the Saints or the Steelers like might just start climbing and just keep giving up more picks and more picks and who knows like yeah you, know, you really it, it's a crapshoot and like that's the thing it's like we're, we're a couple months out but it's nice to start building a portfolio you know now um so yeah, I, I yeah I just, it's like this, it's so long ways to go. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more when, when some more odds get posted, but those are my yeah. recs right now. Um, you know, kind of take this opportunity to go against the public a little bit and just kind of, if you missed that Evan Neal, Ike McQuanu train before, just put some, put some money down on him because five to one odds, like in a draft, like is, is still pretty good. And like, those are some of my favorite markets. Like when the draft actually comes around, it's like a team to draft which player, like, cause you'll get yeah. like eight to one, 10 to one odds. And those, that's really where you can make a lot of money. Yeah. So I think that's something we'll bring back. Like once we get a couple more lines up, but I wanted to make sure that we got this type of episode out there so people could start thinking about it, you know, maybe start building a portfolio on what they've got. And uh, it was good to have you back on here, Dom. So we appreciate your time. Uh, you know, you can get Dom on the, on Twitter. Um, a lot of you probably already follow him, but Dom, what's your Twitter and let us know about your eye racing. <laughs> um, it's at Dominic DeLeo and yeah, no, we're, uh, we're, we're online racing pretty hard. Um, yeah. So you can watch that on Twitch, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're starting up a new season. March 28th is the new season. We're stepping up to the cup cars this year. Fazekas Motorsports signed, signed a couple guys that we raced with last year. We're, we're heading to the major leagues basically. So, uh, should, it's, it's fun Monday nights. Check it out. Um, pretty wild. If you haven't seen it before, it's kind of like pretty realistic and just, it's, it's, it's a whole new world.
Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Dom. And uh, we'll, we'll let us know if you guys have questions. We'll rack them up in between now and the next time we have him on. Dom's our NFL draft expert here. And uh, we'll try to answer those as, as it comes across. So, all right, guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Dom. And, you know, it's a pleasure having you on here. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Dan, I'll take him out of here. Book him. All right. So now we got to talk about our NBA plays. Like I said, we're taking the Celtics minus six and a half against the Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets just lost to the Brooklyn Nets on Tuesday night. And now uh, they have to go face the Celtics who have literally the number one adjusted defensive rating in the league. Their defense is insane right now uh they're they've taken over the number one spot they've they're taking over the golden state warriors the Cavs, the suns the 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 heat all these teams like they are the number one defense in the nba right now and they're the fourth best in terms of adjusted net rating overall if you look at the charlotte hornets the hornets have an absolutely kicking offense um you know their offense is 10 but it's still only 10th in the league and the thing is like they play really fast but that hasn't necessarily translated to them being super efficient and their adjusted net rating is just plus 0.1 and one of the things that i like about this game here is that the celtics in particular because of the way they lock teams down uh and they have some difficulty struggling in the half or scoring in the half court but since the Derek white trade they've actually improved and they're you know they're in the top half of the league in half court offensive scoring so when you get this hornets team who's not really good defensively and just gave up almost 130 points to the nets last night so now you got on the second end of a back-to-back and they just had to deal with an elite offense I love the Celtics here at minus six and a half. I think this line is going to go probably all the way to eight, if not eight and a half. I think this is a smash spot. Uh, and I, I just think that the Celtics are a much better team. And I don't see any way that the Hornets are going to be able to really stop, uh, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and this offense. So I'm going to be taking the Celtics minus six and a half against the Charlotte Hornets. Now for the next game, we're looking at the Denver Nuggets. They're minus four against the Sacramento Kings. One of the things that I'm really interested about in this game is uh, the interplay between Nikola Jokic and DeMontis Sabonis. So, but I'm going to touch on the actual game first. And over the last two weeks, the Denver Nuggets sneakily are six and one with the third best point differential in the league. They're plus 12 on the flip side. You looked at this Kings team and you saw, you know, De'Aaron Fox is putting up these gaudy numbers. He's averaging like 28 points a game since they traded Halliburton to the Pacers and they acquired DeMontis Sabonis. They still stink. Like they are not good. Like they went all in trying to make the play in tournament and they're not a very good basketball team. If you look at them over the past two weeks, they're two and five with a minus 7.1 point differential and they're allowing 118 points per 100 possessions. And that like basically just coincides with what they are on the season you know in terms of adjusted net they're 25th overall they're minus 4.9 and they're they pale in comparison to the nuggets the nuggets on the season are plus 2.8 adjusted net rating the nuggets are a significantly better team and i understand that the nuggets have had a little bit of difficulty for whatever reason with the kings in the past but this is a different Kings team. You're not looking at the same squad uh, that's, you know, in this situation. The only concern that I have here is that the Nuggets are on the front end of a back-to-back and the second game that they have is going to be against the Golden State Warriors, which is much more important in terms of seeding in the West. But I think 
in, if you're really thinking about like how you want to handle these spots, I, I think that a lot of the times these teams would rather play their starters against the bad team and secure that win because it's, it should be a win and then rest their starters in the game. That's supposed to be good because that game might be a little bit tougher, but I, I don't even think the nuggets are really going to do that. I think they're going to go out and try to win these basketball games. So I like the nuggets at minus four. I think this spread is too short. You're, it's already popping at four and a half in a couple of different places. But one of the things that I want to talk about was that I want to go back to is DeMontis Sabonis. In these matchups, I expect his rebounds and assist line to be set at 17 and a half. And it's something that we're absolutely going to be betting as long as it comes out. But the other thing that we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at DeMontis Sabonis to record a triple double against the Denver Nuggets. Joe, what are you talking about? This is going to be like a plus 800 bet. Why are we doing this? Well, the reason we're doing this is that in his career against the Nuggets, and it's in particular against Nikola Jokic, last game he had 14 points, 16 boards, and seven assists. And he did that with 33 minutes, but he had five fouls. And he picked up two, like a couple of those fouls, like real quick in the first quarter. I think that had he not gotten into foul trouble, we would have gotten this. The game before, 33, 14, and five. But then if you look at the games prior to this, uh, really last season with the Pacers, 10, 9, 10, triple double with 10, 10, and 10, a triple double with 22, 15, and 10. And then he had another performance of 18, 9, and 9. So you're getting like these big numbers and they're well rounded. And I don't know whether it, it, it's just like stylistically that he's not, I don't want to say he's similar to Jokic because nobody's really as good, nobody's as good as Jokic is. But I think that they, the way that they each play, He's get, get, he gets this opportunity to put up big assist numbers. So I'm looking at his rebounds and assist line, and I'm also looking at his triple-double, which I project probably around like plus 700 or so. So I'm going to be looking at that. Um, and then finally, I, we were on this last time. I know it's the right bet, and I think that we might get a better line because he missed it last game. But for the Portland Trailblazers, they're missing a lot of guys, and they got Trendon Watford, uh, who on the season, when he plays 30 minutes, he's averaging about like 4.7 assists per game. So it's not a huge sample size. But in the last couple of games, he's got uh, he's played 30 minutes or, plus, or more, and he's, play, and he's got 11, 7, and 3, 12, 14, and 4, and 13, 7, and 6. So I think that if this line is around like two and a half, two and a half is a definite bet. Three and a half, I need to see a big plus in the money number. But I, he's been getting minutes. He's been playing. So I think that he's somebody that I'm looking for. You'll see me log that in the action app. But I just want to give you guys a heads up to keep an eye out for his lines. And obviously hit me up on Twitter if you see them. So those are my best bets for this week's slate. It's the Celtics minus six and a half, the Nuggets minus four, DeMontis Sabonis over his rebounds and assist line, which I'm projecting at 17 and a half him to record a triple double and we're going to be looking at trend in watford uh assist lines so uh those are our nba bets uh you know we've been crushing them and we'll get back to it again next week but with that producer Corey, how are you this is a little bit of a longer episode but i gotta ask you how are you doing i'm doing great joe how are you we're doing okay and uh cory do you have anything to recommend for us for pods and recs what do I have to recommend? Um, I'm going to recommend never paying $24 for a cocktail. Uh, Sounds good. Yeah. I had to go to a bar for someone's birthday. That was all fine and good. Then we went to a more exclusive bar afterwards. Um, and you can tell it's exclusive when you're like, 
at 5'10", you're easily the shortest person there. Uh, and then you look at the menu and see that all cocktails are $24. $24 for a drink is nuts. Yeah. So I enjoyed a few waters. And, uh, nice. You know, always mix a water in. I recommend that frequently as well. Especially when but, the cocktails um, are $24. I mean, always drink water when the cocktails are $24. Uh, also, you know, that's good advice going into St. Patrick's Day. Don't forget, mix a water in. Um, that's true. So, yeah, uh, don't feel the peer pressure. You know, if you need something to hold and put some liquid in it, have a water and uh, just just wait it out until you can Irish goodbye yourself home. No, that sounds that sounds perfect. Uh, we recommend hydration. Uh, yeah, that's, we're also. That's a good I'm, I'm not a financial advisor, but I can advise you financially. Yeah, something like that. Uh, for me, I am going to obviously recommend the Sharp Sharks Discord. We've been doing pretty well, uh, so I'm recommending that. And then I am also going to be recommending the Nintendo Switch. I just bought one, and it's awesome. Uh, I've been playing They're Pokemon. Finally back in stock. Con- yeah, I don't know. I got it at Costco. Uh, it was, but it was, it was gone so. for a while when the pandemic first hit. It was impossible. Oh, yeah. No, I got one. And, dude, I've just been I've been ripping Pokemon. It's awesome. And uh, it's a great time. And I got to say, it's a totally different experience to play, uh, like, Pokemon on the TV. It's elite. I love it. So, um, you know, I've been having a good time with that. I swear it's not detracting from my uh, from my pick performance, but you know, you never know. So <laughs> I hope it's not. We'll let you know if you start sliding. Yeah, you know, you, you guys keep me honest. So, um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, so thank you guys for joining. Let us know if you have any questions. As always, hit us up on the Twitter uh, and hit me up on Twitter. Hit producer Corey up. Let us know what you want. Let us know what you want on Twitter in the Discord, whatever. Let's cash that. Not working hard. Yeah, right. Picture that with a Kodak. I better yet go to Times Square. Take a picture of me with a Kodak. Took my life from negative to positive. I just want y'all to know that. And tonight, let's enjoy life. Pitbull, Naya, Neo. That's right.
Cause if you slip, I'm gon' fall on top of your girl <laughs> When I'm involved with this deeper than the Masons, baby, baby And it ain't no secret My family's from Cuba, but I'm an American I don't get money like secrets Put it on my life, baby Can't promise tomorrow, but I promise tonight Can't promise tomorrow, but I promise tonight Can't promise tomorrow, but I promise tonight 